TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys and a Mic Show. Beautiful Friday here, a football Friday. That's what we do uh, typically every football, every Friday, I should say, during the football season. The coach of the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. Lots to get to today. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, big sports weekend coming up. We will do our best. We will make an attempt. Even if we fail, we will give it our best shot. We will be brave in the attempt. The big dog and the coach talking sports right up until 11 o'clock. Goodness, lots on the docket today before we uh, go over the program schedule. Detail-oriented, very distinct, very well-thought-out, organized program schedule given to us uh, by producer David Olson. I'm looking at it right now. So much for that schedule. Let's welcome in our uh, co-host via the telecommunicated phone lines in Aurora, Illinois. It's my good friend, and I'm proud to call my good friend the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Joel, how are you doing? Oh, uh, Coach, if you, I'm sorry you said that. I mean, all the stuff I said about you yesterday. If I had known you were going to be so nice to me, I, I take all that yeah. stuff back I said, Coach. It's the holiday season. We only have one one week of programming until the both of us take, uh, I'm calling my two-week break combination suspension slash holiday break. You know, it, it's funny. You call it the holiday season. Yes. I call it the, you know, college football bowl season. That's a good point. You know, so it all, you know, like, because you get your conference championship mm-hmm. games, you get your Division one, two, and three playoffs. You know, uh, you get your like. You know, that's that's what it's all about to me. When is the uh, the first official bowl game? I think it's the Denny's Grand Slam Breakfast Bowl, like in Idaho. But when do we know? Is it like next week? The bowl extravaganza. You know, I, I, I really need to figure that out. To be honest with you, coach. <laughs> what are, what are you losing money? You got to find a way to make up games in uh, some of the early bowl games. Yeah, well, without question, you know that's always like that this year. That you can really get a, you can really start cashing in on like the New Orleans Bowl and stuff. That's usually that's usually a good one to make some money on. Oh man, you're betting on the New Orleans Bowl, my friend. You are ready for the Gamblers Anonymous. Uh, well, I, there was a time in my life I bet on every single bowl game. Yeah, I used to do pretty well back then. Ray, the research guy, telling me December 18th, so not next week. I believe that's the week after the first bowl. Mm-hmm is the New Mexico Bowl. Surprisingly, this year, the New Mexico Bowl is being held in Oklahoma. Wow. How do you like that? I guarantee you one thing. There's no school from New Mexico in that particular bowl. Just for a change. They're tired of holding the New Mexico Bowl in New Mexico. Just for a change, they decided to hold it in Oklahoma. Yes, David. Uh, Yeah, I also find it odd that uh, the Texas Bowl doesn't (laughs) have teams from Texas. I I do believe it's what, Army and somebody? The Texas Bowl? Mm-hmm. Uh, Baylor. Well, wait a minute. That's yeah, the, the Baylor against Illinois, right? Well, Baylor's yeah. from Texas. Yeah, they're they're from Waco, Texas. Yeah. Well, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. But the first bowl game, well, December eighteenth, in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I kid, of course, the New Mexico Bowl in New Mexico. BYU against UTEP, December eighteenth. It ends on Jan tenth with the national championship. Big dog. You have three and a half weeks 
of Holiday Football Frenzy Bowl style. You should be a happy man. Oh, I'm extremely happy, extremely happy. Especially, <laughs> I'll be really happy if I do get this gig that I'm that I'm yes. actually trying to get on, on December 17th, and that way I can actually enjoy mm-hmm. watching football because now it's kind of guilty. We're rooting for like, you. You know, I should be like I should be uh, massaging some old lady's feet or something like that, trying to make some extra cash. Remember, I'm watching <laughs> football right now. I think you tried that already. It wasn't. It wasn't as much money as you thought. Oh, it's lucrative, coach. Believe it or not. <laughs> But I have to wait till these women pass away, so it's really not, you know, it's uh, a guilty kind. Oh, so you're working for the embalming department, huh? <laughs> Just so there's blood in the toes when the relatives take a look, it looks a little bit better. That's nice. Well, you know, it's a yeah. tough job, but somebody's got to do it. By the way, before we get to the sports program, I was a little bit worried. I'm 98% sure it's not you, but I got to get this off my chest. I did read in the paper one of the lead stories, uh, a major drug bust and a controversial one out in Aurora because it involved apparently a disputed $190,000 in that drug bust. But first of all, Big Dog, I'm hoping the answer is no. Uh, you were not involved in that particular controversy in our hometown, Aurora, Illinois. Did you say somebody had money confiscated from them? Obviously, it wasn't me. <laughs> Immediately, you are not a suspect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joel's name came up right away as one of the listed people from Aurora. Then it said, uh, large amount of cash found. Boom. Your picture was off the screen in 0.5 seconds. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no, I guess the the interesting part of the controversy is, I don't know all the details, but apparently, I don't know if it was at home or in their car, but, you know, caught with drugs, but they also had like $180,000 of cash. And the police, the Aurora police, have now taken the cash. Mm-hmm. Well, the two kids that got arrested, when I say kids, I don't know, 23, 27, something like that, are saying, no, no, that's not drug-related. That's our family business and my dad's life savings. And and you've got no right to take that $190,000. So there's a little con- – the police are holding the money, and these guys are saying, hey, whether we're guilty or not of having some marijuana in the car and maybe even selling a little bit, that 190000 has nothing to – I don't know if you believe them or not. Nothing to do with the drugs. That's our family life saving. You got no right to take that. Maybe they're right. A hundred and ninety thousand dollars in cash. It's a little shaky. It's a, yeah, it's a little shaky, a little shady too. I mean, <laughs> that'd be an awful big okay. mattress, Coach. All right, we'll investigate more. The important thing is, Big Dog, you were not involved because I was a little bit worried last night. Well, all, all I have to say about this is. Uh, you know what? I, I'm not going to just assume that maybe it isn't. If it's weed, how much? Do you know how much weed you have to sell in order to make $190,000 in cash? I'm talking about like right. hundreds and hundreds of pounds. So that might be an argument for the uh, two young men. I mean, like if it was like crystal meth or something like that, I'd be mm-hmm. like, you know, send those guys up, take their money, whatever. But uh, like another thing is, I know a couple of police officers, know a couple of undercover ones mm-hmm. too, and all I know is I, I would be surprised if they didn't confiscate 250 grand. And all of a sudden they're like, yeah, we found 180 grand on these guys. They do it all. The time. Interesting. So, Interesting. As a matter of fact, I know somebody that was involved in one of the most, the largest drug busts in the world, or in the United States, excuse me. And he joked around about it as uh, we were on his boat and he paid for the whole weekend. That's our paid America's finest police officer you're talking about. Yes. It's very discouraging to hear. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's- it's already been discouraged. I'm way discouraged about uh, wow. the way we've run our system for years. It's just right now at this point, uh, I'm just disgusted by it. Well, okay. So you're you're going beyond my discourage. Maybe yeah. you're used to it, but I hear news like this. You know, I trust the police, America's finest, understand that there's a few corrupt ones out there, 
But as an idealist, assuming that 95% of our fine officers are uh, above board and very trustworthy in what I hear in your voice saying, it's almost commonplace for them to not be uh, above board and very trustworthy, and I find that very depressing. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm sorry, Coach. I guess I'm just uh, at this point in my life. Because I guess right now at this point, I just, like, I don't, I just assume everybody is bad at, at this point. <laughs> it's rather, that's pretty sad. A rather jaded way to look at things. But uh, let us move on. It is a, a sports talk show occasionally. We try to sneak into some sports. So, Big Dog, it's great to have you, especially on a football Friday. Plenty to talk about. Real quick, I want to make sure we do not forget that uh, you'll be out and about doing some filming, and a lot of Chicago folks will, too. The uh, funeral for our beloved fallen sports hero, uh, Ron Santo, is today. I want to make sure we get that in before the football talk. I know you're a, a dearly beloved fan of Ronald Santo. Yeah, gigantic fan, and now, I'm not trying to like say you're wrong or anything, but the funeral has already happened. This is just a public yes. visitation, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that what it is? I believe you're correct. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to be. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll show up around 4:30, and we're going to. Uh, the public visitation is 4 to 11, mm-hmm. and they, they really extended it because they they did something like this for Harry Carey once, and it was only supposed to be for like five hours, and or it was like maybe it was like three hours, and it ended up being. There were thousands and thousands of people who didn't get to say goodbye to Harry. That was like back in February of of '98. So they've they've made sure they have enough time so mm-hmm. everybody will have you'll know, be able to stop by and, and say goodbye to uh, one of the great Cubs of all time, uh, Ron Santo. So yeah, trying... I'm going to be out there today, Coach. Very cool. We'll look for some of your uh, filming and some of your interviews on the ShytownMix.com website. I highly recommend it to uh, all adults over there, 14 and under, four, 14 and over rather. Yes, David. And we'll also share it on the uh, Two Guys in a Mic Facebook page. Thank you. Page. Excellent. Oh, sure thank something. you very much, David. David, o- David Olson doing a phenomenal job, not only producing the show, Big Dog, but taking over a little bit of the work on our uh, website as well. So we much, much appreciate that. And I believe it is the, the par- not the parade, but is the memorial route end at Wrigley Field? Is the visitation at Wrigley or is it Holy Name Cathedral? It's at Holy Name Cathedral, and you're exactly right. It does end the when they you know when they finally do take uh, the body out of Holy Name Cathedral, it will end at Wrigley Field. Okay, so the fans that want to say their goodbye, you can watch the route, obviously. But is is the line for the goodbyes going to be at Wrigley Field? No, it's at Holy Name Cathedral. Coach. Holy Name. So, but I'm a little confused because you just said the visitation will be from four to eleven. Yeah, that's uh, I got uh, that. Well, maybe they're going to do it tomorrow or whatever, but it's uh, it's four to eleven, and then but it's two, until midnight. But you have to be in line by eleven. All right. Well, the part I'm confused with then is if the memorial route ends at Wrigley Field, how is the route combining with the visitation? That's the part I'm confused about. I, I'm confused about it too. Coach. Okay. Well, it's nice to know the two of us are confused together. All I know is between, as long as you're in line by 11, they had, there's eight hours yeah, to see Ron Santos. We're, we're very helpful to the listeners. Be in line by 11. We can't tell you where to line up, folks, but make yeah, sure you're lined at, up at 11. At Holy Name Cathedral. Okay, coach. That's where you got to be today. At 11 so, in the morning? 4 p.m. to 11 p.m. Uh, see, today. I'm, I'm afraid that's incorrect information. Okay, I'm, I'm afraid you're wrong. Okay. But it's 4 p.m. Right. to 11 p.m. today All at Holy right. Name so, Cathedral, which is 735 North State Street, okay. downtown city of Chicago. Very good. Very good. All right, so we don't exactly know what's going to happen at Wrigley Field. Well, I see, they're saying they're gonna, there's going to be a, a procession, and okay. I, I didn't get it either, considering Maybe. that 
Maybe maybe there'll be a procession. There'll be some speeches. I know there's some, you know, Bud Selig's going to talk and then Tom Ricketts and many of the – maybe there'll be like a celebration of Ronnie Santo at Wrigley Field and then over to Holy Name the Cathedral where people can individually pay their respects. That's probably it. But his funeral's already been there, though, Coach. Are they taking the body out, putting him on tour, then bringing the body back? Is that what's going on or something? Possible. I even heard speculation on the radio today that they're trying to find a uh, – uh, a partner for Pat Hughes, and it's a very tough shoes to fill. Obviously, they're talking about Pat Hughes doing it solo and just putting in cuts of Ron Santo during the broadcast just for next year in memory of Ron Santo. I thought that'd be a nice touch. You know, there's, <laughs> you know, you can pretty much guess what Ron was going to do anyway. That's exactly right. Unless, unless of course, like something bad happens to him, like he couldn't find his pen. Or right. he, he actually marked down the wrong guy in the scorecard. Right. I mean, like that stuff like that happened. But otherwise, but, you could pretty much you knew what type <laughs> of analysis he was going to give. Yeah, and technology being what it is today, some whippersnapper intern who knows how to you know find all the cuts and they could easily find the right discussion topic for the right moment. I think you could have Ron Sento actually serving at least for one more year as the color man for the Chicago Cubs. You know, Coach, I, I know you're kidding around, but I, yeah. I don't think it's that bad of an idea. And yeah. uh, I don't mean to be rude to Dave Otto, but it would be better than Dave Otto. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's brutal. Dave, Dave, I, I, Dave Otto is so bad. I, he's, can't, well, I can't listen to him. Dave Otto is technically good. He's okay. A little, uh, the word I would use is sterile. Yeah. A little packaged. A good way to put it. Yeah, I wouldn't say bad because he does a professional job. He's prepared and he's, you know, but it's just a. Uh, it's not a, a particularly fun listen. Well, you see, the thing is, is Pat Hughes is hilarious, but he's very dry. Yes. Extremely dry. Yep. So you, like, like the first time you hear it, you'd be like, was he trying to be funny? And by like the second or third time, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this guy's hysterical. Yep. You know, and I don't, I don't think Dave Otto ever understood that no. Pat Hughes was kidding most of the time when he's doing the, when he does, the, you know, like he'll say some goofy stuff and Dave Otto will like act surprised. Mm-hmm. Like, really? Do you mean this? If you list the top ten attributes of a David Otto, certainly the mustache is up there, but sense of humor, probably not in the top ten. I would have to agree with you on that one. I have uh, uh, submitted your name, Big Dog. I have thrown. I probably should have asked permission, but I'm assuming you would take the job. But I have Um, thrown your name in the hat. I would enjoy being the color analyst on Chicago Cubs radio broadcast, Coach. Believe it or not, yeah, I think I would. And... uh, I might not react as as well as Ron Sancho did, but I think I can actually give a breakdown uh, of the players we, a little bit better. <laughs> myself, David Olson, Chris Whitting, the general manager. We put we thrown your name in the ring, thrown your hat in the ring. Might get well, thrown I'm, right I'm back at us, know. but yes. All right. At any rate, uh, one of the truly, truly beloved figures in Chicago sports, the final memoriam today. You can watch it on TV. And again, Big Dog, you'll be down there with uh, Robert, the Rain Man, McCune, our. Uh, cameraman and that'll all uh some of the video highlights and not just you're not just covering it but the fun part is you'll be interviewing people and getting some real um emotional passionate every man in the street right you're not going to interview the celebrities you're going to interview the, the regular cub fans out there well unless of course there's a celebrity to be had and then yeah. we'll just quit talking to the regular guy yeah. in the street and we'll no, run up and, no, and make sure we get a quote from like uh you know you know somebody huge like a bump wills he's supposed to be there today He's still alive, isn't he, Coach Bump Wills? I believe Bump Wills Jr. is uh, still alive. But personal, I can't speak for everyone. Personal, I'd rather hear the man on the street. Okay. Too many interviews with celebrities already. That's the beauty of you. You 
and the man on the street. That's the interview I want to hear up close and personal. What if a Junior Kennedy is available, Coach? That's a different story. Okay. Definitely make an exception for Junior Kennedy. Okay. All right, uh, 888-463-6748. Maybe some of the folks out there can help a uh, slightly confused Big Dog and Coach in the exact proceedings today, but uh, suffice it to say, it will be a great memoriam, and the Big Dog and uh, the Rain Man will be out there. Get our phone number, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, we have football to talk about in the National Football League variety. We'll get to some college football as well. There was a game last night, uh, Tennessee, the Titan, losing. To Indianapolis, 30-28. to 28. Peyton Manning looked like the Peyton Manning of old. Pretty good game. I didn't get to see it. Any chance uh, you partook? Yeah, I actually got to, to watch the football last night. I watched the last uh, three and a half quarters of the game. And, yeah, I, I like how people are acting like Peyton Manning is like was bad all of a sudden. He had a couple rough games where he was getting destroyed. And uh, Peyton Manning hasn't lost anything, Coach. And to be honest with you, I thought he played all right the last couple weeks, even though he had 11 interceptions. It was the fact that he was getting helmets in his ribs as he was throwing and balls were getting deflected all over the place. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning is quite all right. And if you watched it last night, he looked like the greatest quarterback of all time, like he typically does. So, Yep. The surgeon. Was he throwing to my guy, my favorite receiver, Pierre Garçon? Uh, Pierre Garçon had two touchdowns uh. in the first half. And what, what, basically the best defensive play by the Tennessee Titans all night was, uh, uh, it was a third down, third and goal. Peyton Manning uh, throws a rocket bullet slant pass right to Reggie Wayne. The only problem was, uh, Blair White, the rookie from Michigan State, ran the wrong route and he batted the ball down before it got to, uh, Reggie He's... Wayne. And by the way, Blair White plays for the Colts. <laughs> I was going to ask his own receiver, huh? <laughs> yes, it was, Coach. Oh, Reggie Wayne was like, you got to run this route. And like, Blair White like shook his head. And <laughs> Reggie Wayne, you could tell he was like, man, I've been here forever. <laughs> they got to the sidelines that supposedly uh, they heard Peyton Manning just like drop a bunch of F-bombs at Blair White. And they had never <laughs> seen him act that way. The next play they come out, the first play they, they come back out, uh, Peyton Manning throws a rocket right to Blair White. Just to be like, hey, mad at you. And then afterwards they ask him, they're like, hey, we all make mistakes. He's like, I make mistakes. We want to make sure we correct them. <laughs> so, and, he, and he also did not believe uh, the NFL, uh, what do you call it, the, the NFL channel's commentators when they said he swore. He was like, I didn't swear. They're like, yes, you did. He's like, I did? It was pretty funny, Coach. It's going to The uh, interview after the game. Ruin the nice clean-cut image of a uh, Peyton Manning, who yeah, really, as far as I can remember, man. only one – Negative has come out of Peyton Manning's career. That was the incident allegedly in college where a female athletic trainer claimed he dropped trow and uh, showed the full moon. But, you know, you know it, that was a college kid just goofing around. It was not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, supposedly, so though, his yeah. intentions were good, you know. Well, it depends on who's. The, you haven't talked <laughs> to the intended. <laughs> you know, I, I hear rumors yes. that. Uh, I probably shouldn't spread them, but I, I hear rumors from somebody that lives in, in Indianapolis that says uh, him and his wife are a bit of uh, swingers. That's what it puts. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, there's your second controversy. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, rumors is not. Well, I'm not going to make that comment. Uh, well, do, but do you think he wears his helmet to keep his anonymity? It's possible. Yeah. Not sure what anonymity is, but helmet. it's possible. Yeah. Very, very. <laughs> I'm just happy to hear Pierre Garcon. Uh, Caught a couple of touchdown passes. That's still, you know, I have all these athletic dreams where I wake up in the middle of the night, big doll, look over my wife, and, you know, she'll look like, like Vlade Divox or uh, 
ex-Blackhawk oh. defenseman Elmer Vasco. The best sports dream, none of them are good, but the best one I ever had was, uh, I think it was last year, when he came on the scene, woke up in the middle of the night, looked over at my wife, and she looked just a little bit like Indianapolis Colt wide receiver Pierre Garçon. That was not too bad. But that, that one's brutal, to be quite honest with you, Coach. What are you talking about? He's a fine-looking individual. A little too muscular for me. Yeah, you know. To each he's one a... big receiver, Coach. He should look like he should be playing weak side linebacker. He plays, <laughs> <laughs> and he's playing wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, all right, thirty to twenty-eight. Jeff Fisher, the Tennessee Titans, sinking rapidly, and uh, the uh, Indianapolis Colts break a three-game losing streak. We got big NFL football coming up this weekend. Beat the Schmoes, big dog. Are you uh, going off the cuff, or have you actually thought about it and done some research? Well, uh, no, I really haven't done any research. I just have to make sure I have the right line in front of me. So. I don't want to give wrong lines. I hate that. I hate that. Because mm-hmm. I don't have a, I don't have the Sun Times. Right. I know we normally go out the Sun Times or the Daily Herald or something like that. We will help you out. We'll give you the point spreads. We'll make sure uh, we got them for you. I had to, went over the NFL slate and I go, I just read down the, the games, who's at home, the point spread, and some games hit me and some don't. I circled four this week, so I got to eliminate one of them. We'll play beat the schmoes. We'll invite the listeners to call in, email in any three games you want to pick. Uh, versus the point spread. Other shows play Beat the Pros. We here at the Two Guys in a Mic show play Beat the Schmoes. Our phone number, 888-463-6748. We'll make our picks right after our uh, first break. Pats against the Bears uh, coming up Sunday. Big Dog, we've analyzed it a little bit already. Any new trends that have developed in the last 24 hours since we talked to you? Um, I, I really don't believe any new trends have started in that game, but uh, it's, it's going to be fun. It's it's really the featured game in the NFL this week. You know, the ESPN decides what it is, and then they have talked about that game all mm-hmm. week long. So uh, it's uh, I do like a little focus on the Bears for the, for the simple fact is if they're going to play well in the playoffs, I want to have them feel like they're in primetime games. So if they do make the playoffs, it isn't like that's the first time this year that it happens for them. Two very, I don't know, I guess I'll use this word. I think it's correct. It might be a little insult. Two very creepy. But outstanding coaches will be matched up against each other. Bill Belichick is, is creepy, a word you could use for. He's brilliant, very successful, but they're creepy. Would you no, would you I, would you meet me halfway on that description? No, I'm not going to meet okay. you halfway on that. I, I'm going to stay He's, secretive. Okay. Okay. Like you really just don't you just don't He's, understand them. And yeah. it's funny is all these guys. You know, he seems like he's cutthroat, and he and he seems like he all he cares about is winning. Yet all the players that have ever played for him say they love him mm-hmm. and will do anything for him. Interesting. Seriously, how many players besides Adelius Thomas have ever said anything bad about uh, about Bill Belichick or the rest of the New England Patriots organization after he leaves? That's a good point. And, Maybe and, some and the Cleveland. Only other player that said anything bad or coach was Eric Mangini. And and Bill Belichick was right when he's like, you know, he shouldn't have left yet. He's like, he, he needed a, a year or two more mm-hmm. before he became an NFL coach. In his first year or two, you know, and, and with the Jets, yeah, he looked good his first year. In his second and third year, he looked like a freaking moron. So, I don't know. Bill Belichick, uh, all right, call him strange, call him whatever. He's certainly obviously very, very successful. One of the great NFL coaches uh, getting close to being called that of all time. But he's matched up, and, and Belichick's strength, is defense. He's a defensive mastermind. You go up against Mike Martz, the offensive mastermind. A pretty good matchup of uh, coaching offense versus coaching defense, big dog. I'm, I'm curious to see that. And I think the other side of it, too, Tom Brady versus uh, Rod Marinelli is good. good little matchup there as well. 
Yeah, that's it, it, funny that you that you said about Belichick and March because the New England Patriots this year are 31st in the NFL in defense, and the Bears' offense this year. We just hope that Jay Cutler walks away without getting his head decapitated from him. Mm-hmm. Not exactly the strength of these two teams. The the Patriots. I don't know how they're winning. They throw the ball almost every single down, and they can't stop anybody on defense until they get into the red zone. Then they're awesome in the red zone. And and the Bears, it's like you know, every time the quarterback drops back, you like close your eyes because you're afraid the quarterback's either going to get his head taken off or he throws a pick. Of course, the last two weeks very good for Jay Cutler. Last five weeks pretty good, but especially the last two. Are you a little worried defensively? Uh, the Bears under Lovey Smith and somewhat under Rod Marinelli can tend to be. Um, a little conservative, a little predictable, I think is a better word, and the dreaded cover two. It might work against some younger quarterbacks who maybe are not as accurate or as savvy. My thought is if the Bears go their traditional defense, hey, this is what we do, this is what's been working, they're going to get absolutely made mincemeat out of by Tom Brady's passing. I think they got to change up their formations. What do you think they will do? And do you uh, do you think they got to change up? Or, you know, they've been very successful. Should they stick with it? I... Uh... I couldn't disagree with you more. Whenever you try to get cute with Tom Brady, he, he, he ends up burning you. You have to make sure you're in the right spot. Just make sure you run up and tackle well and take care of business. When you try to start tricking the Patriots, mm-hmm. that's when they expose you. You know, you, you line up a little differently. You think you're going to show something else. You know, that puts you. It, it does. It does two things. One, it can either confuse the offense and you take advantage of it, or two. The offense realizes they're not really doing what they're aligned in, mm. and we can totally expose them. Yeah. So, like if you're if we're when you're playing uh, Tyler Thigpen in the in the Dolphins, mm-hmm. you know on on three days of uh, what do you call it of preparation, and the kid's a rookie or whatever, not a rookie, but hasn't played that much. It's one thing when you do that to Tom Brady, you're really don't don't try to trick Patriots. Go out there and tackle and block. See, I I. I... I want to say I couldn't disagree more with your couldn't disagree more with me. So that's two couldn't disagree more. My theory is if you got a hot quarterback and a hot offense, and that's what the New England Patriots are right now, they're just rolling. If you just sit back and play your regular stuff, oh, we're going to do our fundamental tackling and fundamental, you're basically asking for a beating. To me, you're up against a superior opponent. Uh, I may get beaten, but I'm going to try something. I'm I'm going to get them. You know, on, on the back of their heels. I'm going to make them at least think a little bit. I'm going to get them off their regular game. So I would disagree with your disagreement of my disagreement, and I would say blitz, mix up coverages, shake it all up, let Tom Brady uh, make sure he knows exactly not what is coming. Uh, I'm not saying not be aggressive, Coach. I'm not saying sit back and don't try anything. I'm just trying to say don't get cute. Wow. You call it cute. I'm calling it change up your normal defense. Give them the different looks. I say stick with what's gotten them there all year long. Okay, I just if you, you know I've analyzed tape of the last two and three games, big deal. I've cut up some tape, put spliced their offensive sets together. They're on a roll. They're absolutely in sync. They're on an incredible roll in their passing game. I'm just saying you can't sit back and uh, let them continue that roll against you. You got to you got to try something different, mix things up. All you know. Seven man. I, I just I think the Bears should blitz as much as they've blitzed all year long. I, I think they should cover two as much as they do. I just don't want them to. I don't want them to start trying like the disguise stuff and do all that other crazy stuff. You know, bring your linebackers up and, and you know hug the line of scrimmage. You know, to, to make sure you keep your running backs in. Well, and then and punch the receivers in the mouth. 
I mean, really. Okay. Two different approaches. Big Dog uh, going to try to beat him at their own game, be fundamental, blitz a little bit, but uh, hit, be aggressive. I'm saying maybe we don't quite have the horses to do that, and we do got to mix things up and quote unquote, as you call it, we got to get cute. We got to keep them off balance. Don't let Brady know what's coming. Two different philosophies. Well, I tend to think Rod Marinelli is going to go your way, by the way. Well, uh, I, I hope so because I think the second time we play the New England Patriots this season is Ooh. when we get cute when we have two wow. weeks to prepare for that game. Wow. So I already uh, contacted Mark Carmen out in Kansas City with the red hot Kansas City Chief. Uh, I already started trash talking him about the Bears Kansas City. Super Bowl, and in fact, I already booked him as a guest for the day before. I think it's February 11th, the day before the Super Bowl. I, I already, I Facebooked him and said, "Are you available to come on at 10 o'clock?" Chiefs and Bears. That's the call. That sounds good, Coach. I'll take a Chiefs Bears Super Bowl in a freaking heartbeat. Yes, I, I'll have no problem with that. The Chiefs in the Super Bowl for much. the first time since '69. Yep. I'll take it. That's the prediction. Thank you very much. I will be seeking. I will be uh, seeing my monthly visit to the psychologist's office immediately after the show. By the way, so don't put any money on that particular prediction. All right, big deal. We got to take a break. When we come back, we'll do some uh, beat the schmoes football picks. And I, I definitely, definitely want you to wax poetic as you do each and every year. It's almost I, I liken to yesterday when you weren't on the air, like the Jimmy V speech, where I hear it every year. Sometimes twice a year, and it gets better and better every time. I do want you to talk about the Army-Navy game and, and how special that collegiate football game is, okay? You do know that's one of my picks, Coach. Uh, I guess I'm not all that uh, creative. All right. We will take a quick break. David Olson, our producer today. Stick around. Beat the Schmoes football picks. We'll see if David Olson can go uh, for a sixth consecutive. Not consecutive. He snuck in one, two in one week, but uh, almost a guarantee. One and two on Beat the Schmoes. Imagine the suspense. Back in a minute. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888-GO-FOR-IT once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com joel radwanski and the coach with you up until 11 o'clock phone lines are open folks you want to talk to sport talk football here in a football friday just to wrap with the big dog and the coach we're user friendly we are very user-friendly. One of our mottos here is to don't be nervous. Not many people are listening. 888-463-6748. Ray, the research guy, uh, real quick, giving me a, a note, big dog, we should mention before we get to our Beat the Schmoes football picks. Kind of, a, I don't know if dramatic's the right word, but uh, maybe sentimental, but the final resident of Cabrini Green moved out yesterday. And the people outside the Chicago area, maybe not aware of the heritage, the history of Cabrini Green, but uh, the final resident hath moved out. Cabrini Green will now be leveled at some point, and there is nobody else living there. That's, that's a, a great tradition 
here in the city of Chicago. Well, yeah, it's good that, that people are finally out of there. You know, I, I can't believe uh, they, they should have moved out five years ago when they started raising that thing, or maybe it was even longer than that, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable that somebody would stay there that long when you're the one. I mean, it seemed like it was, I thought it was already out, to be quite honest with you, Coach. That goes all the way back to uh, Mayor Jane Byrne, right? Way, way before that. Before Jane Byrne? Raising it. You're talking about talking about getting taking people out no 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 that's when cabrini green was built no 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 cabrini green was built long before that we're talking really richard j daly coach okay legitimately Remember? it's that long and as a matter of fact it was all part of the whole richard j daly he would put the housing projects in areas that were very hard to get out of or into in terms of streets and stuff like that mm-hmm. and the way that is configured uh, between uh, division and the Claiborne corridor and Larrabee and stuff. It's it's very and it's like they got like the river is on the one side of it. Yep. Okay, and they have the factories that are just just south of it. And, and the way the highway hits right there, it's like extremely difficult to get in and out of. So you're kind of like trapped in this little tiny neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, and like the L tracks go on the other side. It's like this little triangle. That like you really have to work hard to get in or out of that particular neighborhood, and it's been around since at least at least uh, the mid '60s, coach. Because don't forget the show Good Times, which yeah. was out in the mid '70s, was about people living in the in Cabrini Green's project. Interesting. The first building was built in 1942. Last building was built in 1962. Okay. There you go. There you go. That's it's even older. So that's that's. That's uh, so it was before the Daly uh, administration then, because Richard J. Daly wasn't in office in '42 yet. I don't believe. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was after World War II that he actually moved in moved that he was in office in Chicago. So remember, it was Jane Byrne who, uh, during her mayor mayoral ship, actually moved into was it the Cabrini Green and yeah well, lived so. there for a little bit as a symbolic gesture. Yes, yes, it absolutely was. Very and uh, All right. then one day a rat came by and then took her wig off and she decided <laughs> never, then she moved out. <laughs> Sounded like a good idea at the time, huh? Yes, it did, Coach. All right, well, that final resident, I don't know if that resident was expecting it or not, but when they she moved out with her daughter, there's like 15 television cameras. She's all over the national, not national, but at least Chicago area TV. It's like, whoa. All of a sudden she becomes famous. All right, 888. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Coach. Stay the number. 888-463-6748, our phone number here. Two guys and a mic. On, on Clybourne Avenue, yes, there, there was a McDonald's that was put in right across from the Cabrini Green uh, project. Okay. And uh, it's the only McDonald's that was ever closed because of failure. There's been some that have been closed, and then they built a McDonald's across the street because they wanted, you know, uh, maybe the better intersection or the building a brand-new building. The only one that ever closed because it couldn't make money, and the reason why is it used to get robbed about ten times a week. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I'm not trying to be funny right, or whatever. Right. Sad. With handguns, people would go in there and hold up the place twice a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. It was not. The nice a thing about it, though, is it, the same people kept holding it up. They would actually call in their order in advance. The order would be waiting. So they could pick up their order, and then uh, and then they'd have the hold up, and they'd give up the cash. Man, I didn't want no tartar sauce yeah. on my filet of fish. Oh, <laughs> uh, I used to eat the filet of fish before um, before the cholesterol level started firing up to the uh, mid two hundreds. Big filet of fish. 
big filet of fish fan, and then I actually analyzed what was in it. Not such a big fan anymore. All right. Yeah, big, not, not so healthy. No, not so healthy. All right, we got to move uh, move on. Uh, beat the Schmoes football prediction game. Uh, big dog coming off a one and two week overall for the year, though. You've been doing very, very good. I'll let you make the choice. Um, you want to lead off at two spots today, or you want to clean things up? Yeah, I'll lead it off because okay. I do want to start it off with. Uh, I'm going to have to ask you the lines on some of these games because I'm getting different lines all over the place, and I don't want to look like I'm cheating because I will take the best one for me. But I want to start the first game that I'm going to pick is Army and Navy, and folks. You really do need to watch this football game because, first and foremost, it'll be extremely well played. Secondly, it's going to end up being a really, really close game. And third, it's the most, it's the largest or it's the best rivalry in all of college football. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to watch the game, that's fine with me. But at 11 a.m. or or noon, if you're out east, you need to watch the beginning of the game because they dedicate the game to all the service men and women who have passed away in the past year. And, Coach, this is no lie. It, it will, you will start crying when you watch this because they'll talk about, oh, yeah, this guy played in last year's game. He died in Afghanistan two months ago. Wow. So you're talking about these guys, the seniors that are playing on this team, none of them are going to go play for the Los Angeles – or almost the Los Angeles Stars. They're almost going to play in the NFL next year. These guys are going to be handed a rifle – or these guys are going to get on a boat, or these guys are going to be sent somewhere around the world to be fighting for us. And they play Division One football, so they're pretty good football players, and all these guys maybe could have played at other places. And when you see, when they dedicate, oh, this guy played in the, in the 2004 game. He died in Iraq last year. This guy played in the 2008 game. He died in, the, in Afghanistan this year. It's, I mean, it's really, truly touching no matter what. Uh, you need to watch this game. But when you're talking about in a year that we, uh, we're we actually at war, mm-hmm. and I cannot believe this, Coach, because as long as we've been doing this show together, you know, think about this. This is the eighth time that I've said this when we were in war. Yep. Yeah, people forget we've been at war since 2003. This is the eighth game that, that, that I was like, you really need to watch this because we're at war at the time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. People forget. You, you ask them kid on the street. Oh, we're at war? Yeah, we're in two wars, as a matter of fact. Let's hope in the very near future we can uh, not say that and maybe break that streak. That would be a good streak to break. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that, that, that memorial nice. you're talking about is uh, basically a pregame, like an hour before the actual game? No, 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 no. It, it's at, right at 11 a.m. So right at 11 a.m., and instead of starting at like 11.03, they usually start at okay. about, about 11.10 or so. 11 o'clock Central Time. They, okay. And they're, it's it's extremely it's extremely touching is the best way I can mm-hmm. say. And all, right. <laughs> all I know is you see these guys play. You it's like watching a Super Bowl. The the amount of effort that is being put out in these games, mm-hmm. coach, and it, the really energy cool. from the fans and the fellow cadets, uh, very very good too. The 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 atmosphere in the stadium is outstanding. Yeah, the cadets and the midshipmen. Yeah, yep. it's it's really cool to see one half of the stadium. You know, in uh, in their dress, and the other guy in the, the other dress. So it's pretty cool. Yep, pretty cool. So. All right, very good. We will be watching. That's tomorrow. Now, is that your first uh, beat the Schmoes game? Navy, by the way, uh, favored, giving up seven. Okay, uh, Navy is the uh, is the favorite. I'm going to take Army plus the seven, coach. It's eight now. Eight. It's eight. eight. Yeah, yeah, I saw it at nine, and I was going to take it no matter what. But I'll take that. Eight is perfect. Eight so is you're perfect. taking so Army plus eight. plus eight. You have a lot of our. Uh, Listeners in uh, ships 
in Iraq and Afghanistan via the computer. Not happy with you right now, big dog. Well, uh, all I say is this is Navy has won this game like eight years in a row. Yep. And I'm predicting Army ends the streak. They're going to win the game, let alone plus eight. Very good. Game two, beat the Schmoes, the big dog. Outstanding predictor, 22 and 16 against the spread on the season. That's what I have at Coach. Okay, now what is Detroit and Green Bay in the NFL? Because there's no other college teams. All right, Green Bay Packers uh, by six and a half. They're visiting Detroit. So at Detroit, you got to give up six and a half. And I would be more than happy to give them up. And Dominican Sue is one of the greatest football players I have ever seen. Detroit Lions plus the six and a half. Book it. They get a win for the Chicago Bears. And the Bears go two games ahead of the Green Bay Packers. Very good. Detroit over the Packers. A little bit of an upset special there for the Big Dog. Game three from football expert, Joel Radwanski. The New York Jets are at home against the Dolphins. What is that line at, Coach? Jets and the Do- Jets by five and a half. Don't forget the half. Oh, I'll remember that hook, Coach, and hopefully it doesn't come into uh, fruition. And I will take the Jets. Oh! Minus the five no. and a half and a bounce back game after getting absolutely annihilated by the New England Patriots last week. Okay. little self-respect game for Rex Ryan and the boys. Mm-hmm. Huh? Exactly. Jets exactly. over Miami. Detroit over the Green Bay Packers. Army over Navy. Take the eight points. Big Dog making his beat the Schmoes football predictions. You can, too, at 888-463-6748. You can always email us your beat the Schmoes football picks at Mike 2 Guys, AOL.com, M-I-C and the number two, Mike2Guys, AOL.com. David Olson, producer, extraordinaire, coordinator of our website, and jack of many different trades. Three picks, my friend. Uh, pick number one, I am going to agree with the big dog with oh. the uh, Jets, five and a half over Miami. Miami is horrible on the road. <laughs> horrible. Never bet against Chad Henna, 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 the quarterback on the road. Really? Not really, no. I just thought I'd say that. Okay, pick number two. Atlanta is a seven and a half point favorite over. Hold on, a over Carolina. Atlanta's got the best record in the league. Carolina's got the worst. Go with the Falcons. Atlanta Falcons tonight. He's sort of like um, football expert, the Duke Joe Crispino, big dog. David Olson. Forget about the lines. Pick the winner. Yeah, well, I, I, in the NFL you can do that. You can't yeah. do that in college. Okay, in the NFL you can't do that. Very good. Game three. Game three, uh, I'm going to disagree with the big dog no. on one of his picks here. Don't do it. Uh, and I think the Pack are going to take out the Lions by six right. and a half or yeah. more. We are picking, and the three of us did not uh, collaborate. We did Because, quite frankly, the three of us don't like each other that much, and we try to spend <laughs> as little time as possible <laughs> outside the show. So trust me, we haven't <laughs> talked before. I'm going to copy two of your games, and uh, by the way, coming off a of 3 and 0 Last week, so I'm going to try to make it two three and O's in a row. Game one. Game one, big dog. Uh, David Olson already set the table. Best record in football, Atlanta Falcons. Worst record in football, Carolina Panthers. It's that kind of year, folks. It's that kind of year. Forget about the points. They won't need it. Carolina, the Panthers are going to upset the Falcons. Just an example, a shining example of how you cannot pick in the NFL. Carolina Panthers, my upset special game two. Game two, I am taking the, uh, I'm agreeing with the big dog. Detroit Lions, plus six and a half over the Green Bay Packers. They helped the Bears, played a couple of good games. Still like Jimmy Schwartz. I think they're going to win maybe two or three of their last four games. So I'm going to take the 
the uh, Lions over the Green Bay Packers. Game three, uh, Indianapolis, Tennessee. Should be a good matchup. Should be a good matchup. Uh, I'm going to take Tennessee and the points. I think I'm getting four. I think Indy wins the game. Maybe by a couple of points. Might come down to the final possession. But I think Indy wins something maybe by the score like 31-29. So I'll take Tennessee and the points, big dog. Yeah, that's really funny, Coach. What happened? <laughs> oh, I'm just looking at the script they gave me. That game was on. That game was yesterday, huh? Yeah, you know, if I would have taken that game for real, I'd have lost because I would have taken Colts minus the four, and yeah. I would have sit there and watch the uh, Tennessee <laughs> get w- that backdoor cover. I would have been right with you, by the way. Uh, my third game is Seattle over the 49ers. You know, I was on the 49er bandwagon early. I thought they were going to pull out of it. Now, I'm picturing uh, the stagecoach that they're riding. Like three of the four wheels are going to fall off. Seattle Seahawks bounce back win last week. They're kind of in waves, Seattle, this year. Right now they're going to ride the high wave. They're going to win yet again. They might lose the next couple of weeks, but they will beat the 49ers on the road. And I'm getting four and a half points. I'll take them. Thank you very much. Well, you know what? I'm definitely rooting for the 49ers in the, uh, this week because I, I want to see the winner of the NFC West to be below 500. <laughs> you are. A... I, I want, I'm sick of eight uh, divisions. It's so stupid. Eight yep. four-team divisions. That's got to be one of the dumbest things. That would. If you had a, a uh, seven and nine team make it and a nine and seven or worse yet a ten and six team not making it. Team. A 10-6 team is that would, not making the playoffs in the NFC this yeah, year. I'm that guaranteeing would, that, Coach. That, that would not be a good situation. Roger Goodell is not rooting for that. No, no, he's not, but I, I don't care about Roger Goodell. Mm-hmm. I care about him changing football and making sure there's no longer eight four-team divisions. That's one of the dumbest things I, I know of. In all of sports, I, I can that's way up there. That's in the, my top five. What did you uh, think of my uh, dramatic, if not somewhat ludicrous, prediction of Carolina pulling off the upset? Chance that could actually happen? Uh, well, it, it is the NFL, but uh, I mean, uh, you know, the, the spread—that's one thing. The actual game—that's that's about yeah, a say, one in twenty chance. Nah, I think. So. I think they can win the game. First of all, Atlanta's what ten and two, but by no means, by no means, have they been a intimidating or dominant ten and two, right? They they win every week, though. I understand that. They might be the best team in the NFL. They might be. They might be, but they're not like this dominant or intimidating team. They can be knocked off on a given week. They haven't been Anybody blown. in the NFL can lose. Yeah, I will, I'll, yeah. I'll give you that. Well, Anybody in the NFL can lose. That's why I'm making it. There's, there's no great team. The New England Patriots might prove to be. I don't think so. You already talked about their defense struggling this year. Anyhow, I'm going to stick with my pick. Uh, those are your Beat the Schmoes football picks, 888-463-6748. You want to make your Beat the Schmoes picks, or you can email them to us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. Big Dog, we also have the uh, Heisman Award. Arguably, maybe not so arguable. The greatest trophy in all the sports will be awarded this weekend, 7 o'clock Saturday night. I know you'll be watching. You know, my own personal opinion, the Heisman Trophy is the the most prestigious award in all of uh, American sports. And that's why, I, since Cam Newton's going to win it on Saturday, I really, really, really hope he did not know his dad was shopping him around. Because mm-hmm. I, I do not want this award being tarnished anymore by the likes of the Reggie Bushes of the world, by the Cam Newtons. And, you know, what the sad thing is, is, you know, we, we can talk badly about Reggie Bush because he took a quarter million dollars from uh, an agent who he never intended on playing for, which is, I mean, what a schmuck that guy has got to mm-hmm. be for doing that. But how many other players did stuff like that who didn't get caught? Do you know what I mean? I just, I would like to see, 
I would just like to see it cleaned up. And I have no problem with somebody who says, you know, I'm not voting for Cam Newton at all for the Heisman Trophy because I, I don't like the way he, he has gotten where he is. I'm Even though pick... he is, he's without a doubt the best player in the country yeah. and deserves the award, if, the award just by on-field results, Coach. I'm going to pick um, somewhat hesitantly my second major upset of the weekend. I got Carolina. Worst team in the NFL, knocking off uh, Atlanta. I'm going to make a prediction. It's been a while since the Heisman Award has had a major surprise. I am going to predict that Cam Newton comes in second. Can you guess? The other three guys are Kellen Moore, Andrew Luck, and LaMichael James. Any guess on who I think will be the the guy that will overtake him? Well, to be honest with you, Coach, if you say anybody else besides LaMichael James, you really are just reaching. I actually am going to say somebody else. I think it's going to be Stanford quarterback Andrew Luck. Well, Andrew Luck is is the best pro prospect in the in the country, but he, he, there's no way he should finish ahead of Michael James or or. I can see Cam Newton just because the simple fact is there's going to be people who don't put Cam Newton on the ballot mm-hmm. whatsoever, which could end up really hurting Cam Newton. I'll, I'll make you a little friendly wager. I think Andrew Luck gets more votes than Michael James. He shouldn't. Okay. He absolutely should not. That's that's my personal okay. opinion. Uh, yeah, well, I don't. You know, you keep talking about the pro prospects like he's had a mincemeat college year. Guy's been unbelievable. Oh, he's awesome. He's got twenty eight. Uh, yeah. He's got twenty eight touchdowns. He's the kid is good. They only lost one game. But Michael James led the NCAA in in rushing yards this year. I mean, he it was like third in touchdowns. The guy is. I just think is, okay. and don't forget when they played each other, Michael James right. had an unbelievable game against Stanford, and Stanford lost. That's a good so, point. And Stanford didn't score any points in the second right. half of that game. That's a good point. Good point. I but forgot the motto versus motto matchup, but I think there could be, could be an upset. I'll probably be wrong. Cam Newton's, uh, as you said, just an unbelievable talent. I, I, you know what? I don't think you're that far off because l- let's face it: when you like, who should win the Davey O'Brien Award Best Quarterback? Cam Newton. Who wins the Walter Camp Award, best player in college football? Cam Newton. Who wins the Heisman Trophy? Okay, look, let me think. So the, the best player, Cam Newton, Walter Camp. Best quarterback, Cam Newton, Davey O'Brien, no problem. Okay, a Heisman Trophy, what is that? That's the college football player that best resembles uh, amateurism and talent on the field. Oh, so you have to look at the whole picture with the Heisman Trophy. It's not just on the field. It's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton might not win, Coach. You're exactly right, because the Heisman Trophy is the only one that you're supposed to take off-field. Well, there's another one that is, like, all off-field. I forget which one that is. But the one Mm -hmm. that is only on-field award, I mean, it's off-field award included, is the Heisman Trophy. Mm -hmm. That's why it's supposed to be a little bit more special. Okay. All right. Well, 7 o'clock Saturday night from the downtown Athletic Club, beautiful New York City, New York. The Heisman Trophy will be awarded. One more real quick bit on college football. Couldn't help bringing this up because you are a proponent of the 16-team playoff. I am a proponent for keeping uh, the bowl games intact. I love the system it is now. want to read for you real quick. Teddy Greenstein, college football expert for the Chicago Tribune, uh, and he lists a bunch of reasons. I'm not going to read the whole article, but reason number three Uh, titled Goodbye to the Bulls. The death to the BCS authors believe tens of thousands of fans would flock to bowl games outside of a 16-team playoff, and he says no chance. In other words, he's saying if there's a 16-team playoff, the other bowl games would die out. For those who trash the bowl games, he says, I ask you this, have you ever been to one? He goes, there's a reason 77% of the players, 
in a recent ESPN magazine poll, said they'd rather have a career with three bowl appearances than play in one playoff game. Even if a playoff is incorporated into bowls, they become the, the, the playoff games would become a two-day business trip. As it is now, it's a week-long festivity, the bowl games. And a tradition college football would never get back. I thought Teddy Greenstein hit on some, some key points there. Okay, I, I, I can appreciate that opinion. Uh, quite simply, yeah. I could care less. Those guys get to play college yeah. football and Six, the rest of us don't. So. 16 team playoff, you know, you got your, you know, win in advance. Fair. I think he described it perfectly like a business, like there's nothing like bowl week. And you talk to the, I've never been to a bowl. I, I take that back. Went to one Rose Bowl. Way back, way back. Who played in it? Oof. You know, I was, after college, I'd moved out to California. Uh, kid I coached in Little League, his dad was bringing the, their family out to California, had an extra ticket. I, went, I can't even remember who was playing. I, I mean, so I was it like. Was, it was early, it was early 70s? 22 years old. Early, early, uh, uh, mid to late 70s. Okay, well, Does, then it was the USC versus Ohio State. Doesn't really matter. The point is, uh, bowl games are week, week-long festivities for the particular colleges and for the cities that they're in. Everybody that criticizes them, well, you know, go to one and see how special they are. And I'm not just talking about Rose Sugar Fiesta. I'm talking about even some of the minor bowls. The players and the fans truly get into it. I'd hate to see it drop. I've never, I've never criticized one bowl ever. Okay. I never even. I don't even do like you and criticize the Armed Forces Bowl. What? I don't criticize the Armed Forces Bowl. Well, you you were making fun of the New Mexico Bowl earlier. Oh, by I... the way, the motto for the New Mexico Bowl is yes. when you can't afford to go to Hawaii. <laughs> we're the next best thing, huh? Yes, exactly. All right. Very quickly, let's go out to the phone lines. He's been hanging on patiently. we got about a minute, 20 seconds for caller Jim checking in on line 14. Caller Jim, how are you? Doing great today, Coach. Good to talk to you guys. Always good to talk to you, caller Jason. Jason, yeah. Um, I was going to make some George. picks. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. <laughs> uh, I was going to make some picks for our division. I think this week sounds right. real good for us. Jack, Jack is playing beat the schmoes with us. Go ahead, Jack. We got about forty seconds. Uh, I think I will be taking <laughs> the Lions, what? the Bears, what? Yep, and the Vikings. Wow. And I, I would like to see all of that ha- happen. So, so the Bears I, need the Giants it. to lose. Big Dog, Detroit, Bears, and Vikings. What do you think of caller Jerome? Do we need to talk him in off the ledge? Well, I, I'm, I definitely love two of those games. I just hope he's also right with uh, with the Giants beating – I mean, the Vikings beating the Giants because the, the Bears need that to happen, by the way, because of losing to the Giants earlier in the year. So I don't know. Yep, it would be great, wouldn't it? So Jeff, Absolutely. you are you are predicting Leslie Frazier and the Vikings to win their third straight knockoff the uh, semi-powerful giant. I believe right. that can happen. Okay. I think they've got a real positive going with the new okay. coach. Interesting prediction from Jeff. They're not quitting on the team. You know? All right. Hey, we're up against the clock, uh, yeah. Jimmy. I, uh, thanks for playing with us. Uh, appreciate the call. Have a great weekend, okay, Jim? Same to you. I'll talk to you guys Monday. Right. Appreciate yeah. it, Jimmy. Rolling with the my screen right now, uh, Pat Hughes is given uh, is speaking at the Ron Santo uh, uh, funeral, and I just saw an altar boy and a, and a, a father fall on the ground laughing. But <laughs> in the background, I'm not kidding you. A not... priest was on the ground laughing. They didn't fall together, I hope. Well, I didn't mean it that way, Coach. <laughs> but be, yes, they did. Be careful how you describe things. Oh goodness! No right. laughter in the Bud Siegler part, though. Yeah, the, please. Uh, it's selling, by the way. 
Big Dog, about a minute left of the show. Any uh, final thoughts you have? And also, uh, it's a tradition every Friday for the female fans that listen, and believe me, they do listen, strictly for your voice and the, the look on your our website of your picture. Where might the female fans find you this particular weekend? Uh, probably eating at a Thai restaurant somewhere, okay? Uh, and uh, that's probably about it, Coach. That's it? We'll definitely be at the Ron Santo uh, okay. uh, public visitation today. And then the, the rest of the weekend... I'm actually keeping my nose to the grindstorm. I, I have a, what do you call it? I have a business proposal and okay. that I'm going to Diageo this week, and I'm trying to get a quarter million dollars out of them. So hopefully Very that good. works out. All right, maintain. It's all about business, Big Dog. Yes, it is, Coach. Stay on the straight and narrow this weekend, okay? We shall. All right, good luck to you. God bless, and uh, go Bear. Go Bear. All right. Don't forget Big Dog's recommendation. Don't only watch Army-Navy, but catch that 11 o'clock special before, and I am going to do so for sure. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll do it again Monday at 10. David Olson, our producer, outstanding job, not just today, the entire week. Uh, We will see you. Have a great weekend. TalkZone.com. Two guys in a mic.